0: Hey guys, brand new podcast. Just sitting in my man cave, minding my own business. Not really sure if I'm going to do a sketch this weekend. Wait, who's that walking out to the man cave? Why, it's my good friend Tom Segura. Let me let him in. Hey Tommy, come on in. How you doing, buddy? What's on your mind?
1: I'm sorry that I'm fat. I just realized...
0: How fat I was. It's ridiculous. Sometimes I just look in the mirror and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I think we all have those moments, Tom. I think this whole fat shaming campaign has really like shined a light on how I can sometimes live unhealthy too and let myself go. But thank God we did it because I'm feeling good, man. I'm down 25 pounds. Here, let me show me. Take my shirt off real quick. Look at you. Yeah. The thing that is, it's not so much about working out. For me, it's diet. And that's where I go off the rails on the road. So I'm kind of eating lean proteins and mostly greens and just drinking vodka sodas. What about you? How you been eating? I did go out to eat. Eat another fat person. You ate a human being? Tom, not only is that illegal to murder someone, but it's got to be tough on you. I mean, just simply digesting toenails and teeth. I feel
1: horrible about my digestive system.
0: Of course, man. I mean... You had to process their hair. How did you eat all that hair? Oh my God. What was the next day like?
1: I had uh, catastrophic diarrhea.
0: Well, that's to be expected, buddy. Listen, you got to stop this behavior right now. Here's what you need to do. You need to change your diet and you need to get back on the horse. You need to start working out again. And for God's sakes, do cardio. You... (laughs) You can't let cardio intimidate you. What are you doing right now for cardio? I watch TV. You got to do more than just watch TV, Tom. I mean, look at me. I'm running five miles a day. You win. Don't give up, Tom. This is a contest that we can both win. All we got to do is get out of obesity and just into regular overweight. And Ari has to take us to Paris, France to go to that soccer game. Can you imagine how much fun Paris, France is going to be? I wonder what their croissants taste like. (laughs) Oh, their croissants are going to be fantastic, and you can have as many as you want, because the weight loss bet will be over. Where are you going to put those croissants, Tommy? My stupid fat mouth. <laughs> put as many as you want in your stupid fat mouth, my friend. Okay, sit down, i got to start my podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, real quick, date's coming up this month. This weekend, the 15th, 16th, and 17th, I'm at the Fort Lauderdale Improv in Fort Lauderdale, out at the Hard Rock Casino, Levity Live, the 29th through... The 31st in Oxnard, California, and we are starting January off intensely. I'm going to be uh, in New Jersey at the Stress Factory, the 5th, 6th, and 7th, American Comedy Company, the 12th, 13th, and 14th in San Diego. And on the 21st, I will be in Boston at the Wilbur Theater. Get your tickets. Helium Buffalo, Comedy Off Broadway, Parlor Live in Bellevue, and that brings us to February 14th practically. Where me, Ari, and Tom are going to Paris, and we are going to find out who's doing this. Going to pay for this fucking bet that has changed my life. I feel so good. I'm about to get on the treadmill. Today's podcast. Uh, this is a good. Uh, this is a good one. Especially if you're a podcast fan like myself, you're going to really, really love this. This guy not only has a great podcast; it's been around, I think, seven nine nine years. It's called Comedy Film Nerds. But he has a movie. It's called Earbuds. I am in it, and it is all about podcasting. And you can get it off his website. Uh, he tells you in the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Grant Elwood. All right, Tom, come on. Let's hop up on the treadmill, okay? Here we go. Okay, Tom. Whoa, you're walking really heavy, buddy. You're going- oh, my God, Tom, Tom.
1: This is Do you think we could just start dropping ads in and and explain to your
0: fans, hey guys? I don't know. We're talking to them right now. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I I think, I don't think anyone would be upset that I advertised. Um, Because, dude, that's
1: money. That's money that that keeps you off, you could not be on the road as much.
0: I like being on the road, though. I mean, I I love, here's the thing, I I would love to, I would love to take one more week off a year, uh, a month, Maybe. Right now I'm doing three weeks a month, which it can be aggressive at times. But I really love it. Like I had fuck it I I was out of stand up no, I, I wasn't out of stand up. I think I always thought I was still in stand up, but to my friends they were like, No, you were out of stand up. Like Tom and, and Bill and Joe were all like, Yeah, you were not working the way you should have um when I was doing the travel stuff. Right. And now I'm I was like now that I'm on the road as much as I am, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was not yeah. writing at all. Like, I was just yeah, coasting yeah. by and just getting checks to go in and do an hour that I knew I could do. It was really cheating myself. I was writing this weekend. I had to, to, some of the best writing sets I've ever had this weekend. But, yeah, I wanna, I'd want. i like to start advertising. So if you're an advertiser and you're... I, like, I don't even know how it works. That's how far out removed I am. Like, someone's like, oh, you should go to, some like, some place i was like well i don't want to leave my network i like all things comedy well there's there, there's way like so so comedy film nerds is with all things comedy yeah
1: and we get some ads through them I get
0: some ads through them but i want like i'm talking i want like an ad person the way like you know so i'm doing it all the time
1: yeah we have a guy that goes gets ads for us too mm-hmm. um and you know he tracks down companies basically he's a guy that listens to a lot of podcasts himself so he'll be like oh I heard this company on a bunch of shows. They'll they they'd love to.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Tito's Vodka sent me a bunch of stuff, but they're not they're not going to. But sponsor the numbers the you're
1: doing, you could be making, you could be doing enough to take yourself way, off. Those
0: that's single downloads. That's for single person. When I do two people and we drink, <laughs> they're through the fucking roof. Really? Like yeah, like <laughs> through the fucking roof. Like double that for 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 first week for first week downloads i don't count anything after first week like i mean i I look at it but like i look for what it's going to do the first week because that's when everyone's going to hear it right um but yeah i did one with bill burr and tom segura and we just drank at the end but we smoked cigars that was a very high rated podcast and i did one with ari shaffir and steve run easy what i also started doing was changing my intros so that people would want to listen to them so now i do sketches that's awesome <laughs> <It's> so bad <laughs> so bad it's just me listening to a sound effect like New York City traffic or a horse running down the street and doing both the voices just like (laughs) there's but I but it sounds so silly I have so much fun doing it I don't even really write it I just improv it right till I get to like how I introduce, I don't know how I'll do one this one but like I I try to make it so that I just do my tour dates and then and so and that way if I do to have ads to have these characters read them would be so much I think people would listen to them. Right. I want to make I want people to listen to the beginning of my podcast the the first 6 yeah. minutes. But uh but I'm involved with a company have you have you heard about Laughable? Yes. I fucking love them. Really? I just started using their app. I just started working with them. Me, Ari and Fitzsimmons are all working with them. I love their app because like
1: uh they contacted us. Yeah. And they were like wanting us to do some stuff. We were thinking about it because we just were max for anything. And then the guy was like, saw earbuds and was like, all right, we really got to yeah. do something together. And I
0: love that movie, by the way. Oh, thanks. I love that movie. But you know what I realized in that movie? First of all, I want to know. I want to know more about um, Schmidt. Is it Schmidt? Mike Schmidt. Yeah, Mike Schmidt. I knew I he was with Jimmy
1: Pardo, right? He was a guest. He And when Never Not Funny first started, it was him and Pardo. Yeah. And then um, they did that for about a year or so, and then it didn't work out between them, and then Mike started his own show, and, and Matt Belknap kind of became the co-host I ran in, of Never. I went
0: into my, Matt Belknap one time at a show, and I heard him talk, and I went, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking creepy. That's the... Um, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Earbuds is a documentary you started making probably like... Two and a half years ago. Was it two a- almost, and a half years ago? Almost three. We right. did
1: the crowdfunding. We shot footage at the 2013 Podfest to use for the Kickstarter video. The Kickstarter campaign ran in February of 14 and then it funded, which was it's awesome but it's also the most stressful thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. We were, we raised 140 grand. Holy shit. We were 60-70 grand short 4 days out. And I was like, oh, it's done. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, we re- we hit it with 30 minutes to go.
0: That's when those things fun, though. I know. <laughs> That's like, you, do, you know, do you know Zane Lamprey at all? I know the name. Zane's funded, like, multi-million dollars.
1: Oh, no. I did talk to him because yeah. he was the guy who gave us this pep talk in the middle of our campaign. We were like, oh, this ain't going to happen. He goes, no, no. We were, like, 200 grand short or some crazy number like that and funded with three days. And we were like, what? Yeah. And it's true; it happens. And like, the big donors, the five and ten thousand dollar donors, started dropping in the last twenty hours.
0: Dude, I, th- I, I'm thinking about you. Ready for this? I'm thinking about not to change subjects, although that's all I seem to do these days. <laughs> is I'm thinking about crowdfunding um, a theater date in Detroit. You absolutely should. Like going, going, because I'd like to do Detroit. Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle doesn't need, like, he doesn't, he sells out every ticket, any show anyway. So he doesn't need to overpay me because right. he's already going to get the ticket sales. And I was like, it might be an easy way, a surefire way to know you've sold the t- thing. And then you ready for this? I'm thinking about like $25 tickets for the theater. Mm-hmm. Do it's like 600 seater, maybe. And then, uh, for an extra, uh, hundred dollars or maybe like fifty dollars i don't even I haven't come right. up with a price point Throw, throwing a breakfast party for everyone who wants to come and have breakfast with me that's a great idea yeah, like at my hotel i'll cater it i'll fucking fill it up with booze we just get there it's early so you get early morning drinking and you just and then i catch a flight out that night i'm like fuck yeah have like a great get like a chef to come in and really f- like nice bacon and fucking like eggs benedict
1: dude that's the great thing with crowdfunding Whatever the fuck you want to do.
0: Yeah. I want to have
1: a breakfast fucking booze party after my, do, do it. Yeah. Like we did this thing. So, so Chris Mancini, my co-host, co-host, crowdfunded a graphic novel, right? Yeah. He had an old screenplay lying around and he was like, ah, it's like, I want to make this into a graphic novel. So we crowdfunded it. One of the, one of the levels was, um, so comedy filmers, we do regular episodes where we talk about a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. And then we will do like a spoiler app. Like we did one for Dr. Strange. We'll do one for Rogue One where all we do is talk about the movie. We call it a spoiler app because we talk about the ending and we warn people ahead of time. Like, yeah. So it's a thing that, that fans dig. And we said for a gr- thousand bucks, you get to pick the movie. We go out to dinner. We we do um, – you get to pick the film and then we'll record a spoiler rep. About whatever movie you want to talk about, and you're in it, and it's your episode. Oh,
0: shut up. It was
1: awesome. We sold like three or four of them. Wow. Fans were just like, yeah, I'm in. I just want to sit and talk movies with you guys. And it's like, who would have, like, we had a fan last year, we just jokingly said, oh, man, you know, we want to go see um, Star Wars A Force Awakens because it came out, they released it in Australia 36 hours ahead of the States. And we just made a joke like, we want to go see it first. So if anyone's got five grand, haha, send it to us. A fan did. And we went to Australia to watch Star Wars. Are you shitting me? No. We flew there, 17 hour flight, got there, crashed for a couple hours. It was a midnight screen. Because, first of all, their movies release on Thursday, we, ours release on Friday. Oh. So it was technically Wednesday night, you know. 12.01 01 a.m. Thursday, or whatever.
0: Oh, shut
1: up. Dude, we got there. We got interviewed by this local TV station. It's like, who are these crazy Americans flying? Did you
0: try to plug in any comedy while you were over there?
1: Um, It was such a last minute thing. We, yeah. like, I think I did a set or something, but it yeah. wasn't even like we could put together a tour. It was just this guy did it in like two weeks out, and we were like, uh, okay, I guess we're That's going to. So
0: fucking awesome. Dude,
1: and we assumed he lived in Australia. Nope, just lived in Iowa. And wanted to... Because here's what we did. We went to a midnight screening and then went to a bar next door and recorded a spoiler rep about the movie we just saw and released a movie to people in the... Shut up! (laughs) So (laughs) it's not even... Fucking... God, I love this world! Right? God, I love this world! And this guy was like, I just want to hear you talking about it before I can see it.
0: Shut up.
1: And we partnered with this guy, Steele Saunders, that does this podcast, Steel Wars. It's all Star Wars. Yeah. He's an Australian dude. He set up the screening. It was like... The coolest.
0: That's fucking insane. Right?
1: That's why when you're like, I want to do a breakfast show in Detroit. Yeah, of course you should.
0: Yeah, I, I I talked to I actually talked to Kickstarter. They came into my man cave to pitch it to me, and I said, "There's two things I want to do. I want to do a cruise, and I want to do uh, I want to do a I want to do Detroit. I just know I have a lot of listeners in Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, and so everyone was like. They're like, do it. So I got to, I got sh- to start. I got to do it. That's the other fucking problem with this business. So cool how things have changed. I would love an assistant, and I know, guys. I know I say that all the time, and everyone hears that. And they're like, I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Okay, here's the caveat. You got to live in fucking L. A. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. Um, I can't. I can't roll the dice on you changing your life and moving to L. A. To fucking for something that may or may not work out. <laughs> They're like, I'll be your headband, and oh, I, I swear to God, I love all oh, I love doing smoking pot and driving fast cars. You're like, uh huh? <laughs> so, um, but I need you to be focused if I'd you're going to be the I'd this. I'd love a fucking assistant because I do everything myself. Yeah. I do the, I post this, I edit I this, I.
1: We started to get like interns and stuff for comedy filmers just because we were like,
0: we could barely. But you have another guy you do it with, so yeah. you guys can split up the duties. Yeah, and but also it that. Would be easier if I had a if I had a partner and I yeah. was like, we should get an intern. Then that makes sense. But me, isn't it? That's it's almost like a. It seems weird, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like having I had for a second. I had this guy who was really great, really fucking focused. Um, but I kind of dropped the ball, and I just I didn't follow up with him. And I'm a big flake too. I like <laughs> to drink. That's my big problem, is I like to go on the road and like get off the fucking grid and like just have drink and no one can get a hold of me and I'm like just doing dates and I love that shit. Yeah. You know? But uh but yeah, I love that movie. I, I, I sadly I didn't I didn't catch the last quarter of it because uh I was watching it in Tampa last weekend, mm-hmm. I guess. And I went to go watch it again the rest of it this weekend and the password you gave me. Oh, uh, I'll give it you a new one. Yeah. Um but it's fucking awesome because one of my favorite things about it is I I am more than anything a podcasting fan. Mm-hmm. So like I was watching it as a fan like I like and then I saw me in it and I went, oh, shit, that's right. I was in this.
1: (laughs) Well, you're I was thinking about this driving over here. How you're in it and what you say and everything is such the beauty of podcasting. So, like, we had raised the money and I and I called Brian Redman and I said, hey, I just want to, like, have me on one of your Ice House Chronicles. Yeah. And we'll just come in. We'll shoot an interview with you beforehand. And we'll just kind of show that world in the pot. You know, that's a, the podcast community is very much about everybody's support, you know, and you just show up and just start talking on camera. And, you know, Steve Agee just pops in and we interview him. Yeah. Logan's there and he's willing to talk to us, which was awesome. Um, but then you say something. The thing I loved about directing the movie was I, I obviously learned a lot of great things from fans and what what this means to them to yeah. listen to this? But I learned so much from other comedian and podcasters. Like you made such a great point, and it's why I put in the movie. You go, oh, it changed the dialogue between comedians and fans. One hundred percent. You know, you said that, and I was like, so many times when I was interviewing people, a, a comic like you would say something. And I go, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and I do this, and I was, it was, I learned a lot about oh. how cool it is, and it reaffirms so much stuff for me. Um, you know, like Todd Glass says, um, you know, the, the audience that shows up, your podcast audience, they're perfect. He made such a good point. He goes, you know, comedians or podcasts are like, oh, my fans are idiots. He goes, that's your fault. You you created that. Yeah. You know, like you get to we get to cultivate who our fans are. It's not like a TV show where I have to play this character on the TV show and it attracts a certain type of fan. And so those these are my fans, I'm we get to sit here and talk and be uh, we're not doing characters. We're not doing bits. Yeah. And we get to a you know
0: this we get to cultivate our fan base our way that's really interesting. I don't think i ever saw it that way now that you say that my my i, I would say fans I, I i think i have i have basically uh trickle down fans it's like people who love i think my fans are people who love rogan sure people who love uh Like, they're fans of podcasts. Yeah. And so, and I think that's where they connect with me is they know I'm a fan of podcasts. I remember I was in uh, Scotland one week, one doing TV, and uh, I just put it out on Twitter. I was like, uh, if anyone wants to have a beer with me in Scotland, uh, hit me up. And these three guys took a train in, and we sat down and had a beer in between while I was shooting. I just bounced because they were doing B-roll. I went and had a beer with these three guys, and it was so crazy. They were like hey, uh, did you listen to Rogan this week? And I said, no, who's on it? And he's like, Bobcat. I was like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, wait, tell- and we talked about Rogan's pod. Bo- we talk- right. They weren't fanning out on me. We were just talking about a podcast we had all listened to. I'd do that. I mean, if, if I had a nickel for every time I had a fan go, let me see your top podcast. And I pull up my phone and I go, here's what I subscribe to. And I flip to it and then they do that. And they're like, ooh, I've never heard that. And then they download it. Like some guy this this weekend showed me there's a podcast all about Westworld. <laughs> oh, it's, I think it's called The Bald Man or something. I don't I'm I i do not know. I have my, on my phone, but I downloaded it and I was like, I'll be listening to that on the flight home. I listened to podcasts on the flight home last night. Um, I, but I run into people. It's so funny. Uh, I ran into a guy flying to Ch- uh, Japan and he had a Death Squad shirt on. And he looked at me and was like, holy shit, man, the machine. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you're wearing a fucking Rogan shirt. And I was like, oh shit, I am. (laughs) Like, It's like, I think that's the cool thing. Who who do you think the first, who was the first podcast you started listening to where you were like,
1: God, you know, I've always just sort of my, I've always cherry picked based on guest or topic. Yeah. So I've never been like, oh, I listened to this one religiously. I've always been like, oh, I want to hear what
0: that guy says. Patton, if he pops up on anything. Yeah. I'm or like, fucking in.
1: you know, or like Marin, oh, I want to hear Robin Williams. Or, oh, I got to listen to Obama talk. Or, yeah. you know, um,
0: that's probably the Obama one's probably the most downloaded podcast in history, I'd guess. It's up there. I would love to see stats on that.
1: It's great. I mean, that's. Um, and since you missed the... I mean, that's in the movie, too, is we have the audio from that and we got photos from the White House of, of Obama and Marin in his garage. Yeah. Um, that was one of the coolest things for me. It's so funny, like, because of doing the movie and, 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 you know, co-producer in Los Angeles Podcast Festival, I'm so much on, like, the production end of it that, like, the film helped me kind of go back to being a fan a little bit because... Yeah. um With L.A. PodFest, I have to sort of listen to 10 minute clips of a bunch of shows to find new podcasts to bring into the festival. And so but like I remember listening to the Marin Obama interview and I was like, yeah, this is what all those fans in the film talked about. I feel like I was hanging out with the president. Yeah, I felt like I was just he was just having coffee with a buddy and I got to go, wow, because it wasn't slicked up. I mean, he's the president. He knows his talking points, and you know, I mean, obviously, you know, like he's, he, there was a there was a meeting about what he's supposed to talk about.
0: He dropped but, an n bomb. Yeah, he? I
1: know. It, it was nuts. You know, and he just but it he was dropped like, an n bomb like he was Joey Diaz. I know. I know. it was fucking crazy. It was like there's the president, and it was like it was so it was so like oh. I, was, I I so get the personal connection of it. Yeah. You know, like people are they, we're in their ears right now. It's not like TV is, is it literally at a distance? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, movies that I love, I love going to the movies, it, it, but it's, it's a bigger thing. It's a show. It's a, it's, you know, it's lit and sound and all this stuff. This is just like, you're having this personal conversation and people are here. Participate like, like I always think about that Obama thing made me think about like, God, I wish I had a time machine or, you know, when I die, I want to just sit and talk to like Miles Davis and Winston Churchill or something like that, you know, and like, yeah, this podcast is like, holy shit. Dude, name one sitting president that did an interview like that.
0: Nothing. Never. No, never. Uh, never. That's I Never. Mean, sadly, I think we'll all be able to get Trump on our podcasts. Uh, I think he's going to be. I think I can totally see him do it. He, I wouldn't be shocked if he started his own podcast. Yeah. I love that he tweets. I love that he tweets. It makes me. It is. Ma- his, this His presidency has brought me so much joy. <laughs> I have never been happier at just like. When he just he was like uh, Saturday Night Live, not funny, overrated. You just like, "Who the fuck do you think you are? What the fuck is wrong
1: with you?" He's like oh, a fifteen-year-old boy. I
0: love him. I fucking, I'm gonna be so sad when they assassinate him. The, <laughs> uh, I've been telling that joke on stage in the middle of this country, and it's not been getting laughs. Weird. Um, That's yeah. weird. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I, the podcasting for me, I think was, I I, I mean, I've said this ad nauseum, but the, I mean, the first time I met Joe. I listened to his podcast so much mm-hmm. that when I went to his door, he opened his door, and I was like, he was like, what's up? I was like, hey, man, I'm going to need to see your dog. I'm going to need to see your deprivation tank. I need to see your pool table, and then get high, and I'll be ready to do this. And I was like, I've been listening to way too much of this podcast. And he was like, <laughs> and it's, Joe is so caught off guard. He's was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and so he went and showed me his dogs, showed me the deprivation tank. We got high. We did the podcast, and I was like. And now, and then I remember driving home. I was like, that's probably not the best way to meet Joe. I probably should have been cooler, but I was so fucking, I was such, I'm still a fit, massive fan of his podcast. Right. Um, it, it's such a, it's such a, I mean, he's,
1: he's like such a great example, right? So he's, you know, he came up in very much traditional media. you know, he came traditional media came, you know, news radio and, and, and doing stuff like that. And, and, um, What was that NBC show, the Fear Factor, Fear Factor, Man Show, you know, Man Show, all that stuff and UFC. And then his podcast, obviously, like you say, it has some trickle down It has some crossover, but it's such its own animal and it's he can do whatever. Like, it's so cool. I I love seeing people in that, like Aisha or somebody that has all this traditional media, but they're doing the podcast out of the purity of it and the love of it. You know he doesn't need the money from his ad sales for his podcast. He's doing it because he wants to have that forum to just say whatever the fuck he wants to talk about.
0: He's do, he's doing it. You know Chris Rock before he did his uh, his fir, his first the big bigger and blacker the mm-hmm. big the big special the one right. that everyone um, liked. I think it's Cornell West is the black guy with the afro right. and the glasses and sometimes a scarf for the ascot. Yeah, Cornell West. Uh, by the way, I don't know if this is true. This is maybe what I kind of heard, but I, but whatever part I glommed onto, this is what what it was. Right, right before Chris Rock started doing that special, did that special. Cornell West said, "Hey man, you're um, you're a young black man in this in this business. I think you should be hanging out with the greatest minds of the of of the world." And we do a Sunday night dinner where they come over to my house. And we just talk politics, and we talk about life, and we talk about everything. Uh, you should come to these. So Chris Rock started going to, I think it was Cornell West's house, where he would have these Sunday night conversations. And everyone would talk about smart shit. And Chris Rock was like, I got like, it was like going to college. Yeah. It was like, I learned so much. And I remember being so jealous of that. And then when Joe started doing it the way he's doing it now. Like, I loved this podcast at the beginning when it's just comics and sure. Eddie Bravo and fucking Tate. And I lo- I, I mean, I love, I still, and he still has that as a definite part of his podcast. But him bringing in people like scientists, fucking, and dude, like, dude, I, I have gotten so much smarter just listening to his fucking podcast. Adversely, I think people get dumber listening to mine. But, <laughs> but, like, he had a guy. I'm going to say this guy's name because this podcast was so fucking great. Um, my eyes are going on me. I think I'm getting old.
1: Oh, dude. I'm fighting the reading
0: glasses fight. Oh, I got I got readers. Like I got readers so I could read things. Um, dude, his podcast with Kevin Smith the other day was fucking amazing. Holy shit. Uh John Jones is an amazing podcast. Steve Rennell is always great. Wow. Jordan Peterson. Did you listen to it? No. <sighs> this guy is fucking fascinating. He is what you'd want like He's fighting political correctness and social justice warriors. But he's not fighting it like in an, from an ignorant standpoint. He's fighting the absurdity of it. And it, it was... I li- I've listened to that podcast probably three times. And it's a really? three-hour podcast. This guy is so fucking smart. And Joe, possibly... I mean, if they're going to give a potty to anyone, Joe would get a fucking... The best interview I've ever heard him do. do. It, it was so... How so, like... Just in the question she was asking, and Joe was being fair and representing other sides, and like, and just making it really. I was sitting there going, "This is one of the greatest conversations I've ever got to listen to," and that's what it was. It was just listening to a conversation of two very intelligent men talk about the the what is happening in this country and in Canada. With uh, it was fucking amazing and so like so
1: like joe wasn't agreeing with him all the way but was like not he, it wasn't a fighty argue nor was he giving no, him a yeah. free
0: pass and it was, he wasn't giving a free pass he wasn't disagreeing with him. he was just asking him questions and the guy was answering them and telling them things and then joe would be lighthearted, as a comedian should sure. in like great fucking moments apparently uh there was a guy who uh who's transgender who argued with this guy that there's no no scientific difference between men and women. And Joe lost it. And I was yeah. like, wait, well, you can't fucking make that statement. And Joe's like, this guy's going through a sex change. Just, like, there's no it was it was just a really great fucking interview. <laughs> I mean, I that that's I that's what I I also I really could have done. I could have had I could have had had your movie, like, as I was watching it, mm-hmm. I ended up having to go to the Tampa Improv to do a show, and I was like, I'll pause it, I'll start it up again. In my head, I was like, oh, this is just like a great podcast. I don't want it to fucking end. I didn't want your movie to end. I wanted it to be a TV series. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I am I was like, they need to turn this into a TV series. Every week, profile a different podcast. I'd be fucking, there's so many great podcasts that I'd love to know more about. I'd love to get backstory about. Oh, yeah. like Never Not Funny is one of the ones where you're like, that's one of the OGs in this game. Yeah. Hardcore.
1: Well, that was the thing. And it's it's so great to hear you say that because when we were editing it, we were like, let's make this documentary like a podcast where Chris and I would come in. There's voiceover, but not in the way like you would have narration in a documentary, but way a podcast would be. Yeah. And, you know, we shot so much footage. You know, we, we sell uh, an hour of bonus coverage on the site but we're going to keep releasing because there was there was whole interviews that like we couldn't use that are fascinating that are just fantastic and it's like I would love to do what you said of like I haven't thought of that about making it a, a TV show where
0: like this week in podcasting or something because I learned I mean dude i I'm being you're hitting something right nail on the head right now I would watch every fucking week if you had a show much like a, fucking NFL Tonight or right. Sports Center or anything that covers anything, where you talk about what's good in podcasting that week, profile a new podcast, do a fucking biography of an old podcast, and then highlight great podcasting moments because that's my shit. I'm into that shit. Right. Like, like, uh, like. Um, I was just thinking. Oh man, I just lost my train of thought. But like, like when Jimmy Pardo's brother-in-law went missing. Yeah, Daniel. Like, or I. Are you- yeah. That was lived out on the podcast. I, mean, I think I remember crying on that podcast because yeah. Jimmy starts crying and then I'm crying. And Andrew. I'm, like, I'm sorry. Not Daniel. Andrew Koenig. So, yeah, um, Andrew Koenig is is Jimmy's brother in law. Mm-hmm. He was also boner from Growing Pains, mm-hmm. which I mean, that isn't that is that's he's not also even,
1: the son of Chekho- the You know, Walter Koenig who played Chekhov on Star Trek. So it's like, you know, it's it's it was such an intense thing. When that happened, and one of the reasons I wanted to ask Jimmy about it, and I was very, I was very like, all these interviews, I went in and said, "Look, if you don't want to talk about this, yeah, I don't." Or even after the interview, if you want me to cut it, I will. You yeah. know, and I said, I'd, "I, I, before the interview, I, like I wasn't going to sandbag you. I've known Jimmy for twenty some years. I said, like, 'I, I'd like to have you tell the story about what that going through when Andrew went missing
0: and how the fans re- responded.' Dude, that you want to talk about, you know, pulling fans together."
1: It was it was in in the midst of an, of a really, it was a tragedy. It was awful. He 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 went missing, and then he later he took his life. You know he was he was battling with depression, but the the podcasting community rallied when they were looking for him, you know. And it was just like the fact that the podcast community would do that. It, they did it as though it was just like it'd be like as though your high school, like, you know, like all your high school friends, like, Hey, this guy's missing. And everyone from your high school rallied together. And there was a phone tree, you know, like it was yeah. that kind of thing, but it, it was literally all over, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it was so, it was in the midst of this, it's such conflicting emotions. Cause it's, it's tragic that he, you know, that he decided to take his own life. And that's one of the things the movie touches upon is, is mental illness. and, You know, when we went into to like I knew I was going to interview Jimmy and he was going to talk about that. I knew I was going to interview Paul Gilmartin that does mental illness. Happy hour.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, Paul Gilmartin. Paul Gilmartin is the I mean, he's doing
1: work. I mean, he's doing noble work. You know, like he's like he, he goes, oh, I found, you know, he. He was thinking about what podcast to do. He's, I remember talking to him about, it. I said, Gilly, I, I've known him for a million years. I call him Gilly. I was like, Gilly, I, it's a shit ton of work, but it's the most empowering thing you're ever going to do in show business. Yeah. You have complete control over it. And that's another great example of what should my podcast be about? Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about mental illness? You get to do that. You want to? You want to interview like Joe Rogan does one week, a UFC fighter, the next week, a guy that's you know, has this heavy uh, social commentary stance or whatever you want to call it. It's fantastic. And so, but when we were interviewing, when we were doing earbuds, we were, did a lot of fan interviews. We'd set up like come by the improv and come by nerd mountain. And we did zanies in Chicago and a couple other places in Australia. And we just said, we announced on our podcast, we'll be here, you know, Saturday from 12 to five, come by, we'll do a 10 minute interview. And that's when we started to realize we need to, spend a lot more time on the mental illness aspect because so many people came in off the street.
0: Dude, this, I mean, you know, this is, this is now, now that I realize in the middle of this, this is kind of a meta podcast because we're talking about, po- if, if you're listening right. to podcasts, you love podcasts. So if you're listening to this, you love what we're talking. It's like, right. it's like almost like this, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but that it, it, it really is crazy that how many people come to this medium for sanity.
1: It was, you know, this this girl that walked in off the street Allison in um Sydney, Australia and, and she's featured in the film and she just talked about she's like, you know, grandma, I came from an I was in an abusive um marriage, you know, he was physically and mentally abusive and I had to deal with PTSD and she's like, I know you've had to deal with that cuz I've talked about it on my show and I was exactly. at first I was like, wait, a minute, how do you and oh, then dude. I was like and then I was like, oh yeah, because you know, I had some stuff from childhood but also I did a bunch of USO tours and a couple of like one of them, we like came under fire and almost got blown out of the sky. So loud noises and helicopters freaked me out. You know, I was in Afghanistan and we were in a firefight in a Black Hawk helicopter. So I've talked about that on my podcast. And so she was like, but it was cool because because Hyatt opened up on our podcast, she felt comfortable coming and doing an interview on camera. Yeah. You know, these are people who aren't performers. They're not. You know, you and I can just, yeah, okay, camera interview, bing Please. bang. They're nervous. They walk in, they see the big lights and the camera, and they get. Uh, but she was comfortable enough to open up with us, and it's she's her storyline is in the film, and it's like, it's it's it, it was so it was it was like it was such a pri- like a privilege and an honor and a, and a big responsibility. I felt that on, on like a responsibility, like we got to handle this the right way, yeah, because. You go back to Joe Rogan, you know, he even like his, I think one of his posted tweets is like, we have a, a mental illness problem disguised as a gun problem. And we, you know, like he's addressing it and, and this country, uh, we, we haven't, we haven't dealt with the fact that there's a huge mental illness problem in this country. We just, we just don't. And it's good that we need to have these conversations. You know, every time there's a mass shooting, nine out of 10 times, it's someone that suffered from some type of mental illness that wasn't treated. Yeah. You know, and so it was really cool to to go through all that with the film and and you you know a documentary is very you learn so much. You know, like all these people sharing all this stuff and how a podcast. You know, this woman was like, I couldn't function because my husband was so abusive, and I got out of that relationship, and I needed podcasts to help rebuild who I was. And you're sitting here going. You mean when Chris and I just fucking get pissed off about a shitty movie, like that, that you know, like just sitting in this man cave dicking around, yeah. talking about the road, like really that Yeah helps? That matters and yeah. Well
0: yeah it does. <laughs> yeah. I know I know it does. For me, you know, one of my one of my go to things is um, you know, podcasts for me are like a little bit like a like a warm blanket. Mm-hmm. When I get home off off the when I'm on the road and I'm in a hotel room, I just throw want a podcast and I can let it play. And I, and I, cause I get anxiety and, uh, and so sometimes if I'm in my fucking hotel room by myself, I can't turn it off. Like I can't fucking calm down. It's part of the reason I drink on the road. Like I don't think I've had a legit sober night sleep on the road, like unassisted possibly ever. Like, cause I get into a hotel room and I start, my brain starts to go crazy. And when I was on the road with travel channel, I was doing fucking 10. Three bucket list adventures a day. So I would I would swim with great white sharks, jump off the stadium, and rappel off Table Mountain, and then get back to my room after a couple of vodka sodas and still be, like, fucking wired. But i just throw on – I would throw on anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much shit. To, I love Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Oh, yeah. That thing. That's like – I turn that on, and I get excited. This is going to sound weird, but you know how, like, when a hurricane's coming in? <laughs> and and – <laughs>
1: So <laughs> and, you have to get bottled water and canned food? Is that what you want to... No, would- <laughs> no.
0: I get excited when hurricane coverage is on the TV, like, or, like, big storm coverage. I go into my room, and I get excited, like a warm blanket, and I go, oh, good, the hurricane. I don't know why. It's, like, grounding or something, but I get excited, like... You that. Florida for-
1: people are out of your I, goddamn I minds. I
0: that. I don't know, man. <laughs> when they have a hurricane coverage, I just sit by the TV all fucking day, and it makes <laughs> me so happy. I fucking... But, like like i said i said on a podcast one time i said uh i said i don't know who the fuck i was talking to oh, i was talking to danish and o'neill and uh i said the first uh wet dream i ever had i was riding a horse <laughs> and so so this weekend i'm doing this new bit called secret time <laughs> In the middle of my show, like, because sometimes I'll think of secrets. I'll think of like things that aren't funny but are interesting. And so I go, oh, you guys want to hear a secret? Let's do secret time. And then I said, the first time I ever had a wet dream, I was riding a horse. Dudes were losing their fucking mind because they had heard me say it on a podcast. And it was almost like it wasn't a laughter. They were getting up out of their chair going, fuck, fuck, I heard you. you Yes, this is true. This is like – it was like – it's so weird. You know, people – uh people will come to me and go you know i because my kids will come in and out of the podcast all the time right. and i talk very openly about isla and she's like my we- weirder of the two kids <laughs> and they're like yeah 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 uh i'll go on st- stage and they'll be like tell tell the isla uh tell the isla story the tell georgia midget tell the isla story with the the toothbrush and you're like huh, how do you fucking know that and they're like you said it on your podcast and i'm like holy shit like I had a joke that happened on the podcast that got it into my special about our (laughs) safe word but like it's really crazy how the dialogue has changed between I mean I don't think I sold a ticket I don't think I sold one ticket this week to someone who hadn't heard me on my podcast really I don't don't think I sold one I mean we I would this weekend got a little fucking out of control I you know I, I performed my shirt off so then I told everyone uh they said, hey guys, $3 drinks upstairs if you're shirtless. So everyone ended up shirtless upstairs. But it was, and, and so I do these big like meet and greets after the shows. Mm-hmm. And it was all podcast fans. It was all mm. guys like going. The
1: podcast fans, like I did a tour through China a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And basically, there's no, there's like one full time comedy club in Shanghai and it's like a 120 seat room. So everything else is just like a bar gig. And yeah. it's mostly like American and English and australian expats but like i did this show in Guangzhou, china and people are coming up going oh I look comedy film nerds i listen you know people would show up they bought our we have a book comedy film Nerd guide to movies and they like i bought this online and i, I need you to sign it and i'm like in the middle of china and it's like it's crazy i don't have the bit as big of a fan base as you so i can't like pack a place but there's always a handful of people who are like you know, oh, he drove three hours to come see you, and I'm like, "What? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's 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 the coolest thing." And it it when it when it is packed full when we have done like comedy film nerds live, and we pack it out, it's the greatest show. Like we've done live shows where we just made fun of trailers. We just show trailers of movies coming up. Yeah, we pick like six or seven of them. We'll pick like one or two that are like cool, something that everyone's like, "Oh, excited for." And everything else, we try to find the dumbest, and it's a blast. Yeah. Where else could you do that? You couldn't just show up and do that in a comedy club without a following. No, you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you couldn't just like come in and do the the horse, you know, wet dream bit <laughs> and shirts. You know what I mean? People would be like, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. but like.
0: So how how much has your podcast changed from the first iteration of it and to where you guys are now? Are you doing pretty much the same thing?
1: Well, we started in December of '09.
0: Okay um, I'm trying to think when did I start mine? No, I haven't been going that long. that's eight years
1: yeah, coming up seven cool. eight yeah
0: seven, uh, seven yeah you know, my math is I'm not really seven seven <laughs> years seven years that's a fucking long time. What episode are you on?
1: three uh fifty something, and then we've done another fifty some spoiler apps, so we've done over four hundred episodes oh, and that's once a week um yeah, it's it started just hey let's talk about movies and we didn't even have guests and then we started bringing on guests and then it's sort of the format within the first six months or so to a year kind of became now it's sort of that's our format where we top of the show we sort of what's talking what's going on or i'll if i'm not on the road as much anymore but when i was i would you know hey thanks everyone for coming out to this show this show and then we talk about because we record on tuesday we record and release on tuesday we don't do a lot of editing so the reason for that is we talk about movies that just came out the weekend prior.
0: Oh wow! So, so what are you guys talking about this week?
1: This week we'll be talking about. Um,
0: we gotta talk about the new Star Wars, right?
1: Well, that comes out next week, so we're doing oh, that a, comes out next week. Yeah, Rogue One comes out the sixteenth.
0: Did you get? Uh, th- I heard it's fucking amazing. Oh, I can't wait! I, I yeah, heard- I'm, I'm.
1: It's. We're going to do two episodes about it. Like I can't. The thing why I think it's going to be great, and this what I'm getting from the trailers. So. A Force Awakens, which was fun. It was great, but there were certain things they had to do. You know, we got to have Chewie and Han and Seath. We got to bring the gang back and we got to hit these points. Rogue One feels like let's just do something awesome in the Star Wars universe. Let's just blow it out. We don't, we have no constraints. Yeah. It looks, it looks fantastic to me.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. My kids are going to want to see it.
1: Oh, dude, I'm going to see it two or three times. I mean, it's like there's no two ways about it. And I think. So yeah, so then our format is pretty much we talk about movies that just came out, then we focus on the guest. Like if the guest is really into westerns or they just made a movie like whatever whatever they want to talk about, and then we kind of go into you know DVDs and we we now we've started to talk about movie trailers.
0: Oh, I'm you know? obsessed with movie oh, trailers. They're great. I'm obsessed with movie tra- I, like to a point where I think I have a problem with it. <laughs> like I I one of my favorite feelings so you know the feeling you ever you ever uh get done to impress and you're in the elevator at the hotel and you're getting up to your room and then your brain goes oh shit i haven't jacked off yet today yeah like that that great like oh this is gonna be great and i i do that with with trailers i go oh my god i haven't looked at, uh, at apple trailers in like two weeks oh i bet there's a whole new front page yeah and i get excited that today i did that today and i was like oh, "There was not anything really great on today um i watched the trailer for uh fast and furious the new one. Oh yeah that looks really fucking good those movies are blast i i haven't seen one of those since probably like the second one. Like, oh, oh they're, they're insane they're insane it's the number one re- franchise I oh think, yeah ever
1: they're insane the movies and now they just get bigger and crazier and, and they're a blast i mean it's just like they do these stunts that are just so awesome they're like ridiculously awesome that you just like it's like an amusement park where like, now we're going to spin you around backwards, and then you're going to stop and then go the other way, and you're just like,
0: yeah, just Dude, do it. It was. I saw the trailer. I was like, I think I might watch that. I yeah. think I'm going to go see that. And when I'm on the road, just fucking. Oh, for sure. I'm the kind of viewer who, if you spend $50 million on a movie, it's not lost on me. Like, I get into it. Like, if the m- more money you spend, the more I like the movie. Like, I'm that fucking guy. I am the perfect window for Hollywood. I'm the same intelligence. I'm not too smart to figure out who kaiser soze is you know but i'm smart enough to figure out bruce willis is a ghost like (laughs) like, i'm not i like i i i man a good trailer what's the best trailer you've seen recently
1: the best trailer i've seen recently is um well they keep i mean that's hard to say because i've kind of watched so many i'll
0: I'll tell you i'll tell you the best trailer i've ever seen the best trailer i've ever seen let's be cops (laughs) sounds so silly the movie was not that good but that trailer fucking it got me i said i am fucking seeing this i that trailer was so fucking great because it was just like like i got the whole concept really quickly hey let's be cops i loved it i was like i'm in i fucking i'm in i'm trying to now i'm gonna look i want to see if apple trailers but like the fuck i i'm trying to think of who what trailers are out now i can't watch scary trailers
1: the scary trailers, I mean, the mainstream horror movies are also sort of the same. They have a, like a a cheap scare, like a, and then they, oh, yeah. they're they also the same pattern. Some of the coolest movies I've seen, um, well, all of the Rogue One trailers have been amazing to yeah. me. And each one I see is, uh, and it's, Rogue One has kind of helped flip me. Normally when a big movie like that's coming out, like, I don't want to see the trailers. Because you don't want to. I don't want to ruin anything or if I only, if I do see a trailer, I only want to see it on the big screen. I don't want to watch it on my phone or laptop. But now they keep releasing cool shit that I get more more and more fired up for. So
0: I'm trying to find uh, Apple trailers. I'm going to tell you what, which ones okay. I, I really liked. Um, I can't believe they're doing another Spider-Man.
1: Oh, that's the day. Well, Spider-Man's because uh, Sony owns the rights to it and they, there's a clause in there that if They have to keep making movies. If they let it go past a certain amount of time, then they lose the rights to it. That's why they keep banging those out.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: ComedyFilmNerds.com.
0: Thank you very (laughs) much. The Comedian was a good trailer. Yes! I like that trailer. Um, The Fate of the Furious was a good trailer. Uh, I'll tell you what what was a really, really good trailer. What's that movie where the kids break into the blind guy's house? Oh, God, what is that? i got to bring this up. Um
1: Oh, yeah, that was fantastic, man. That was, um, oh, God, I forget the name of that.
0: That was like. Uh, I'll tell you a dumb fucking trailer. Fist fight. Oh, that looked. I'm like, hey, what fucking movie are we going to make where grown men have to fight each other? You also can just go home and not fight a human. Like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I was. Oh, his... the, Tom Cruise's The Mummy looks good. Oh,
1: it looks like, I'm like, all right, Tom Cruise, you know, it's like Jack Reacher finds the mummy,
0: I'm in. Uh, yeah, I was like, fuck yes. Uh, uh, let's see. I haven't seen, I, I, I need to catch up. I, I'm also like, it's so funny, you really cut to the core of me as a, Person on what I like and dislike right. and where my phobias are on uh, by a trailer. Like, immediately, I become very cynical. I go, fuck that. It's like a real right. emperor, like, thumbs up, thumbs down thing where you go, man, this fucking pass. Right. Like, I saw one trailer. I'm sure it's on here. But it's like... Th- it, the cover of it is two dudes holding each other's heads like they're... I was like, pass. I was like, immediately the most homophobic guy in the world. No fucking way I'm seeing this shit. Or like, this one says, sing. I don't even know what it is. I won't watch it because I'm like, eh, I don't think I like sing. I don't even know what it is. Well, so
1: much... what What is happening, too, with trailers? This is
0: a fun game, by the way. Just going through and yes! saying what'll fucking tank. Monster trucks, pass. Because... Smurfs, I'm definitely going to see because my kids will want to see it. And, uh, and it. and it's all about finding other smurfs uh anytime like it it really cuts also to the to the fucking answer of like you know Scarlett Johansson got shit for playing a uh, Asian woman leading role right and like and like Matt Damon in the Great Wall of China movie yeah but i, I got to be honest with you i don't, don't want to sound like a dick but like if i see a movie and it's called uh, it's called like um the fast break, and it's Morris Chestnut and most deaf, and it's like five bleeding black dudes. I go, uh, nah, I think that's marketed to black people. I'm gonna pass. Or like before Christmas, and you see Danny Glover and Medea or whatever. I'm like, uh, that's marketed, that's meant for them. Like, I, I, I don't watch them, but then if you put like, if you, if you appropriate a culture and you put, if you make a movie. And it's an, a leading Asian actress that I've never he- heard of, and she's on the cover. A lot of times, I look at it and I go, "Oh, I don't want to read subtitles." <laughs> like, but if I see Scarlett Johansson there, and it's called The Samurai, I go, "Ooh, what's this?" You know, <laughs> like Hollywood's just doing it because that's the way our brains think. That's what you you know that the, it's who, how many how many people watched uh, how to what was it how to be a man F- think like a man oh right not a lot of white people right you know but it's it's just it's a book. Think like a man. We're all men. Why wouldn't I enjoy it? Oh, because it's got nine black leads. Oh, okay. Oh, and Gary Owen. And You know? I love Gary Owen. I'm not shitting on the movie. I'm just saying that that is how they market these movies. you got to put a fucking... Someone where where you go, I'll do that. I'll go to that. Take my money. I want to see that.
1: I think in certain certain cases they go... Well, like Tyler Perry started making movies for a very underserved section of the marketplace. Like middle-aged black women. No one was making movies for them. And he went, I will. And so they're just like, great. And he goes and they weren't going to the movies and now they are to see his stuff. And it's like, it's awesome. In some cases though, boy, we talk about it on comedy filmers. We call it trailer side. Well, they'll take a good movie and they'll make a trailer that's, that either makes it look dumb or they reveal too much of it. You watch the trailer and you go, oh, I know what's going to happen now. That guy's the criminal. That's,
0: oh, that just happened in one the other day that I saw where they're like, where I think the guy dies in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like Okay, I yeah. guess we know what happens in this movie.
1: Well, like that new uh Jennifer Lawrence uh Chris Pat film, Pratt film uh, Pratt film Passengers looks interesting and then you know, so they set the premise, oh, we woke up on this on this space station early. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then you hear this voice over towards the end of the trailer it goes
0: Actually, it wasn't a mistake, and you're just like, oh, well. Okay. well now we know that. Oh, wait, uh, where, why is he going off to space? Yeah. Why are they locked <laughs> he off? He's a, on fire. Ooh, I know. And, it does look cool. Them swimming in. There is cool now. shit in there,
1: yeah. and it's a it's a significant film in the sense that this is one she got way more money than he did. So women, leading ladies, have always gotten underpaid. This is one of the first times where it's like, no, no, this is a Jennifer Lawrence movie, and she got oh, some crazy like twenty three million, and he got like. 10 or something like that Whoa. and it was like i didn't know that it's a big it's a big deal because it's it's they're finally going well she has proven through um you know whatever the hunger games movies and then and then all these oscar films that it's like jennifer lawrence can open a movie i'll
0: go watch her in. Anything. oh fuck yeah i watched her cold bones was that it oh winter bone winter bones
1: that was that was her breakout film. She was fucking amazing. She was like six, 17 or eighteen, or
0: something during that movie. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. He's, I I think he's good, but you know, but you're right. I mean, I I hope you don't take this as an offense, Chris Pratt, because I know you listen to my podcast. <laughs> but, but but you I, you could have plugged eight dudes into that role, eight dudes. I know. Twenty, if we want to pay them more than her. Right. But. There's only one Jennifer Lawrence. I know, and you and I, she fucking that girl's badass. I love Chris Pratt, like Guardians of the Galaxy. He's great in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right.
1: Oh, there's another. There's a great trailer. That trailer, Guardians of the Galaxy Two. I haven't seen it. Oh, dude.
0: Oh wait, yes, I have. Dude, uh, wait. Where did I? Is it with a little, the yeah, little things carrying a bomb or something? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Dude, it's Guardians Sometimes of... I watch them hammered, <laughs> and so I can't remember.
1: But like. Guardians of the Galaxy is is that though, now it's I guess we're calling it a franchise since there's two, but that's where I'd go. Well, that's Chris Pratt. Yeah, he is. There are some guys that could maybe do that, but he's making it very much his role. But passengers, yeah. you go Jennifer Lawrence in space with I'm some Canadian dude and Bodhi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot
0: of guys that, I know. It, 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 it's so funny it's, I for the first maybe I, I watch it, I'll watch trailers over and over again, or I'll go back to the mm-hmm. thing and see if they come out with a second trailer. I misunderstood the line where he says we woke up ninety years too early. Right? I thought he said nine, and I was like, "Who gives a fuck? You missing? Chill, <laughs> hang out, fuck, wait till." I mean,
1: it's twenty twenty-five. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> twenty sixteen. What's the fucking difference? Woke up
0: nine years early. You <laughs> this shit. So you'll be thirty when they're twenty. Okay.
1: You... <laughs> like. That would be awesome if that was the premise. Nine years early, uh, you know. We I don't just know.
0: Woke up a day earlier than them. What are we gonna do today? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, all the yeah. technology
1: is basically the same.
0: I could. I. I could. I could just watch trailers. All. The, well, what's? The, I, sometimes I love when I go on. Uh, when I go on YouTube and I see a new trailer for something I haven't seen, and then I'm like. Oh, here we go,
1: dude. I I have an Apple TV at home. I don't have cable anymore. Yeah, so I just go to the trailer button. I do you the... and
0: my daughters are the fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> my daughters just got, I just bought them a fucking TV, and I said, let's put the Direct TV in your room. And they're like, no, nah. no. Nah. I go, what? They're like, we don't watch that anyway, Dad. If we want, we'll just come to the living room and watch it. I said, what do you want? And they went, just have them hook up the Wii, and we'll just watch things off, uh, a- a- off Amazon and and fucking for whatever that other one is. Netflix. Was like Fantastic Beast is a good trailer. Kong Skull Island is a good trailer. That one looks awesome. Fuck, that looks good.
1: That one looks great. I'm excited for that because the Peter Jackson Kong movie I did not like. It was With too Jack long. black. Yeah, it was too long. It was, Pe- yeah, it was just like three hours or something like that. There was some cool stuff, but Peter Jackson movies, in my opinion, get way too long. Kong Skull Island, though, looks oh.
0: like awesome. Yeah, it looks really fucking good. Um, the Bad Kids of Crestville. I'll see that. I haven't seen that. Um, it's just it's just these kids that are bad kids, and then it turns out the teachers want to kill them. I get I can get into really cheesy fucking movies very easily.
1: I gotta say, like the, when I when I first saw the trailer for Collateral Beauty, which also comes out next week. What's, go, that, what's that one? That's Will Smith.
0: I won't watch it. Really? I won't watch it. It makes me sad.
1: It, oh wow! Yeah, it looks. I was one of those movies where I went. I bet you this is cheesy, but. Um, I bet you it's the kind of cheesy that I want to go watch alone because I know I'll cry. Like, it's a movie where I'm going to, like, if I was on the road and the other comic goes, "Oh, you want to go see that? I'll be like, no, no, I got some stuff to do today. And then I'll go see it alone and sit up in the corner and cry.
0: I cried at (laughs) Moana. Oh, that's awesome. I heard Moana's great, man. (laughs) I cried at Moana when the grandma showed up. (laughs) Oh,
1: good for you, buddy. Oh,
0: dude. Have you ever... I got. I wish I had. I wish I. Had, this is why I'd want an assistant. I'd love to go. Hey, pull this clip up and show you this. I went and did. Um, there's a movie that everyone knows. The movie I'm talking about right now. If you're a podcast fan, but uh, there's a movie that I cannot watch or I'll cry. Uh, Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, great so man. I go in and I do Opie's show. Opie Radio. It's me and Sherrod and Opie, and I tell him. I said, Yeah, if I watch, if I watch the end of Time Traveler's Wife, I'll I will start crying. And he's like. Now, Opie, like well, I, mean, I mean, I mean this out of respect, but it's like old school shock jockery, right? And he's like, "Let's get it, let's do it, put it up there, let's see him cry." He didn't realize I was really gonna fucking cry, and I think I made him very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and there's video; it's online of me sobbing uncontrollably watching the end of the Time Traveler's Wife. But that movie, man, fuck, dude, I cried when I read the book,
1: Time Traveler's Wife, and then I cried when I saw the movie.
0: He really what? taught himself to jack off in the book. Uh yeah, that's fucking crazy.
1: The book, uh, it's they're two different mediums, so it's always like, oh, it wasn't like anything like the book. Like, okay, fine. The movie did a decent job. The book is awesome. I mean, the book was like really interesting.
0: Oh, I, I maybe I should read it. Um, and
1: I think it would. It was written by. It had the woman had to have written it, like who dated a much older man or something like that. Because my girlfriend's a lot younger than me, and so you're always doing that. Like, I'll be like, oh, and I do this bit in my act of like you know when you date someone a lot younger than you and you say you tell them a story oh i did this and they go oh yeah that was when i was six and you're like well okay well <laughs> go ask your dad uh yeah, I,
0: you know i always re- i always reference it by do you remember communism like that's what people go huh like i i whenever you talk to anyone in the audience you go like you can't there's just people don't remember what it was like no how old, how old are you i'm 47 oh, okay i'm 44 yeah, I, can't, I have a hard time talking to, like, 20-year-olds because we have done nothing similar. Right. Like, we live totally different lives. Yeah.
1: I got a computer and the internet when I was 25. Yeah. I was 25 when I got my first computer and I had AOL.
0: I was 21. Yeah. I was 21 when I got my first computer and I had Prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I I didn't even understand. I was like, I really couldn't wrap my head around what the internet would do. I was like, so wait, you're telling me I basically can get sporting lines here, like the betting lines. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. So we used to just get betting lines and then check hey, you want to see what the weather's like in Alaska? And you could click it and you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then I remember getting, and then I, I don't even know if I even sat in front of it for longer than five minutes until I moved to New York. And when I moved to New York in 1997, 98, and that's like 9899 that's when i was like oh you can get porn off here and i was like that's what i'll be doing for the rest of my life and then and that was when i got i got really into the into using a computer but i was like five, i was 26 years old yeah
1: the, if you're you know under the age of 30 you've probably had access to the internet since you were about 8 or 9
0: oh my daughters have oh joey diaz is calling i can't answer it <laughs> coco uh, we'll, uh, he and i, I was, had the oh, same you know, manager we'll his special real quick yeah joey i'm doing a podcast Right. Hey, uh hey i watched your special last night <that- talk woe> fucking amazing joey thank you sir yours was also Ca- uh, what were you what were you calling kaepernick cat Ka- capper Ka- i was fucking howling fucking laughing C- joey kaepernick kaepernick i hate that, that a, motherfucker call <laughs> me later but i'll be around all right brother i'll talk to you later Coco. Uh, Joey Diaz's specials on CISO. I don't need to tell you this. Everyone knows this is listening, but if you use the code word Joey, like I did last night, you can get a free month, free trial. Oh, I have a show on CISO too, but I don't know the code word for that. Um,
1: Joey Diaz, man, he and I had the same manager when we first lived in LA 20 years ago. Really? And so we met doing all these like showcases together and I, you know, he's just like a, he's just like a dude you have like war stories with, you know, like he's I, the best, Coco man. is So wait, where did you start? Did you start stand-up in Chicago? I actually started... I was a freshman at the University of Arizona in Tucson, Arizona. I was 18 years old, and I... Hold on. Did you start at the Tempe Improv? uh, No, I started at Laughs in Tucson. Oh, Tucson. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And the first comedy show I ever did was a U.S. college comedy competition. It was sponsored by Doritos and a defunct gum company called Sticklets. And if you go to my YouTube channel, which I barely update, but... um, YouTube.com slash grandma. What I think you'll see the very first time ever did stand up. The MC was a young comedian by the name of Judd Apatow. And you can see him in 1988 with acid watch jeans and a mullet. Shut up. Yeah. He was the MC and how fucking crazy I did. I did the show in like shorts, you know, like plaid shorts and like flip flops or something
0: this and then didn't, didn't went how soon until you moved to la
1: so i i started in college and i was in a sketch group and then i graduated in 91 and moved back to chicago where i'm originally from yeah and that's where i started working as a professional like that's where i started doing zanies and all the clubs and that's where i met like jimmy pardo and mike schmidt and paul Gilmartin and all those comics that's and,
0: fucking what a what a generation chicago's generational mm-hmm. there's like chunks yeah, like it's almost like it's it, it's almost like a like a flood like a fl- like a flood dam releasing, right. and all of a sudden like it'll build up with talent, and then whoosh, all of a sudden the comedy is run by Chicago comics. Yeah, really interesting.
1: It was such a scene when I was there in the early. So I graduated college ninety one. So in the early nineties, there was like fifteen or some full time comedy clubs in the Chicago area.
0: I'm trying to find your first time doing stand up. <laughs> Um, So
1: I wait, I was waiting tables, but I quit that job in less than a year because you could within a six hour drive of Chicago, you could fill your calendar. Really? Oh yeah, dude. Every Milwaukee, Evansville, Indiana, like every little mid-sized town and then every little bar gig, you could fill your calendar. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, I was not making crazy money, but I was like in my twenties, had an apartment in Chicago. You know, had like a Toyota Tercel that got, you know, 30 some miles to the gallon. And... trying to
0: find this first time <laughs> doing stand-up. Is it one of the first videos you put, you yeah, put up? Yeah, I think so. God damn, you got a lot of videos. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: I just don't update it frequently. As I, I yeah. want to start doing it, though. I want to start doing more political stuff on my YouTube channel. because
0: I like, I like my YouTube channel, but uh, I've been putting more stuff on Instagram lately. Oh, nice.
1: I just haven't been on the road as much because I was doing, like, 30, 40 weeks a year for a while, and then earbuds took a lot of time, and I was focused on that.
0: It's so good, man. Thanks, what dude. Did you guys? What did you guys shoot it with? A 5D? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love the 5D.
1: It was, And we got this young camera crew, these young guys that were super hungry, that had enough experience. They knew what they're doing, but, like, weren't overpriced. Yeah. Because I told I was like, look, guys, if this happens, if the crowdfunding happens, we're going to go on the road. I'm going to put four of you in a hotel room <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, you know, and it's going to be Subway sandwiches are going to be your meal. Like it's not, you know, and they were like, we're in because they're all like it was a step up for all of them. They're like either assistant cameras or an assistant DP. And this would make them full DP, full camera ops and stuff like that. And they were awesome. It was such a te- it was such like I felt like I was the coach of like
0: a, ba- a team. Were they podcast fans themselves?
1: Some of them were. Yeah. And they started to really learn about the podcast community. And, we, you know, we we had a sh- tight schedule. I mean, we raised 140 grand, which is great. That's not a lot of mo- mo- money to make a film. No. You know, it isn't. I mean, it's the most money I was ever in charge of, but it still wasn't a lot. So we had to like, and I did all the booking because I'm a comic, I know how to book, you yeah. know. <laughs> so I was like, we're flying in here, we're doing these interviews, we're getting a rental car, blah, blah, blah. And that was really cool. And all the podcasters who just... Opened up their homes or their studios or whatever to interview. It was so. The, I mean, the podcast community made that movie. They well, raised the money on Kickstarter, and in a then,
0: weird way you've been you've been like. I mean, I, 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 I this this will be like grandiose terms, but kind of you have kind of created the community a tad bit.
1: Yeah, with the festival, I would I would say that, I mean, that the,
0: festivals. I mean, I I remember when it first when you guys first started doing it. I wanted to be a part of it so bad. And then this last year, I think you asked me to do it, and I was like, I'm "You're on, on the, the road, road yeah." I'm a, but that's been the coolest fucking thing is when you hear one of your favorite podcasts at that festival, and you'd be like, "Oh shit, man! I would love to go to this place. Dude, I would love to
1: go to it." We want, we were we we've been trying to get you in for a couple of years now. It's just you're a road dog, so your yeah. dates. Same with Diaz. I've been trying to get him to do it. Yeah. Um, but like we will, we'll get you in, and you'll see how when you're there. Since you're such a podcast fan, oh yeah, and you have such great following, you're gonna see the community. It's oh, I love it. It's love the it. coolest thing.
0: It's one of the coolest things. One of the hardest things in podcasting is to break, is to like break new talent to your friends, to your to your fans. Mm-hmm. Like to go, this is someone that I love. I think you should ch- start checking out their shit. And then once it happens, you see it happening. You're like. Oh wow, that's really cool. And it's like, and it, but it's same with me, like going and doing like I did uh Chris Hardwick's podcast a long time ago, and I don't think, um, I don't think, like I, I don't he like, I don't think it was received well. <laughs> like he didn't even like tweet it out that the yeah, he just released it and was like didn't like would not like hey guys new podcast today I was like looking for it and it just what, came out one day just post, like put, like almost like he was like all right, all right we put it up. That I did what I said I do, and <laughs> and I was like, oh, that would have been cool to get fans from that. But I right. I think that's a different type of fan, like you know, like you know, it's weird that the, the
1: the and this is such a thing we we wrestle with every year with the festival in terms of programming, is what fan bases overlap and what ones
0: don't. That's an interesting question. So okay, so let's see. Who do you think overlaps? I think. I, one of the most interesting podcasts out there right now is my favorite murder. Oh my god, they
1: were great at the festival. We had them in for the first year, it was and it was I awesome. Think
0: they talked about doing yeah. the festival. I listened to them talk about doing the festival. That podcast is really fun to listen to. And I've I've been given Georgia's number, and I want to text her and tell her I like it, how much I like it. I th- but uh, but I haven't because right. I was like that's what, I'm a married man. I don't want you know. It's like right. If I run into her, I'll say something. But that's an interesting – I feel like those people came from out of – those fans came from out of nowhere.
1: Well, they had, if I'm not mistaken – well, they did several things. First, they just tapped into the fact that like any of those like murder TV show, reality TV shows are women. For whatever reason, women love them.
0: My wife loves them. Yes. Women love them. I told my wife, I go, you'll love this fucking podcast. My wife just got into podcasting. She just started listening to (laughs) podcasts. And I'd, I'd watch her walk around with her earbuds in, walk around the house. And you'd be like, Leanne. And she'd be like, huh, what? But I'm in the middle of something, I'm listening to something, and I'd be like, hey, you listen to a podcast like a fucking nerd. Like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Like, good God, what the fuck's wrong with you? Walking around the house and not interacting with people? I was like, do it by yourself. You don't listen to podcasts when you're with other people. Like, she would do it, like, we were on a car ride, and she just put her headsets in. And I was like, can we listen to it together? And she was like, well, yeah, but I'm in the middle. I don't want to have to start it over for you. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that that I think people who listen to WTF mm-hmm. probably like uh like nerdist like mm-hmm. like the there's a genre of podcasts that I Paul of Tompkins yeah like that I don't I mean I don't listen to that one because Paul hates me but but I but like there's like those are these there's like I would say Doug loves movies. Fans like those two. Mm -hmm. Like they like the Paul F. Tompkins.
1: Well, it's interesting, and and a lot of it is like obviously it's guest driven. So I've been on Never Not Funny a lot. So I've never
0: been on Never Not Funny. Jimmy and I talked about it a a few times. We used to live next to each other, near each other, Mm -hmm. and I'd see him at Ralph's all the time. He's like, "We got to get you on." And I was like, "Definitely." And I'd text back and forth. Never happened. I've never been on Todd's either. Todd Glasses. Oh wow. And Todd and I, like Todd and I, have talked about it a lot.
1: Todd's show. I'm on Todd's a lot. Like. I'd love to have you on comedy filmers i think yeah. there's there's little and I don't want to use the wrong word here to make it sound, but there's little like clicks, yeah, clicks is or just yeah' don't I, I, it's not with us,
0: it's not with us, but it is also,
1: but who, like, the Ro- like the the rogan world i mean it's I think it's just different worlds I don't know that I even use clicks, so like the the like I've never been on joe rogan i've never been on this is my first time on this one i've been on Red man a lot, I know him, yeah. I was on Sam Tripoli's a fair amount, yeah, but like I'm not that plugged into that world part of it is i'm not a comedy store comic i perform at the hollywood improv so oh. i don't get sets at the comedy store
0: so i wonder if our podcasts are break broken up by comedy clubs
1: i think it has something to do with
0: it it does because you think about it like nerdist meltdown and ucb are totally different genres like i remember i like one of the reasons i've
1: known todd glass for so long I've worked the improvs with him on the road. Yeah. Like the Hollywood improv, the Vegas improv.
0: Todd's fans are, I'd be interested to know who Todd's fans are or who Todd's listeners are mm-hmm. because that podcast is one of my favorite podcasts in the world. I love it.
1: I love, I do characters on that podcast. I
0: love that. Po- they're, they One he had one podcast that I, it's like, you know, that you have moments where you listen to a podcast and it, you'll never forget where you were because you laughed so hard. Yeah. Like I remember being in a, Hotel room one time in Denver, and Zach Galifianakis was telling Chris Hardwick that him his brother has taken mushrooms and gone to the yeah, the Getty. And Zach said, I thought the sign said, why shouldn't you touch the marble? <laughs> 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 and I woke up. Like, I was like half in and out, and I got up out of bed laughing. I was laughing so hard. But Todd and Rory, Rory Scovel is my, is, is might be the funniest fucking human being that's ever walked this planet. <laughs> he, him, and Todd did this thing with the uh, uh, the the red fox. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? Yeah. Where they red fox. The story is red fox came out to mm-hmm. stage and it was dun dun, dun dun dun. And he goes, I ain't performing for six people, and started walking off. And the band played the music. Dun dun dun. dun, dun right. Played it again. They did that over and over again as different characters, as Jerry Seinfeld. And I was on a train in Brussels going to Amsterdam, and I was doubled fucking over going please don't let this ever end
1: i one of my favorite episodes to ever have been a part of was the episode i was on with todd glass where we played the uh lumineer song ho hey i've been trying to do it right yeah. well, where he got a clip they did it on jimmy fallon with chickens clucking
0: yeah.
1: so todd kept playing it on this episode and then towards the end, he just let it play for a half an hour. And everyone in the, his studio just clucked along with it. He is It was like it was such a surreal, amazing moment. Where else could
0: you do that? He took he took podcasting. I think he I think he forwarded the art of podcasting oh. more than any one individual.
1: Because when 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 he, you know, he was doing that show with Jimmy Dore comedy and everything else, which was cool. And they were they were kind of a good pairing. And when Todd started his own thing, the first time I did it, I went, oh, this is the purest form of Todd glass. That's what I it is. It was like he does. He's got a bubble machine and lights on an audio podcast. Yeah. He's all about the lighting and the mood. And,
0: and everything is everything is is he's painted imagery of something that I don't know if it's real or not. In like almost like a Phil Hendry kind of way. Right. Like saying, I really don't know if he did, did the show above an exotic car museum. Like, I didn't know. And I would, I, and like oh, the kid across the hall with the fucking music and the saxophone. And you'd be like, wait, it's like for, the first time it happened, I went, are you fucking, wait, hold on. Are you, like, it was like, it was like real theater of the mind. Oh, it's. I told him, I told him, I ended up doing it uh, as a gag, but I said, you know what you should do, Todd? Do a podcast, do a live show, but do it in the dark. Cut the house lights off and do it in the dark because that's how we listen to your podcast. It's theater of the mind. Right. Do it in the dark, and then Todd was like, "I think that I have a hard time serving drinks." <laughs> I was like, yeah. Okay, sweet. So let's go. Hold on. I, you're. I could do this. I could do this all day. Uh, one of the greatest podcasts ever, ever out there ever was comedy and everything else. Jimmy, Jim, with Jimmy Jimmy Dore, and Jimmy Dore when he interviewed uh, Kyle Cease.
1: Oh, man. It was like, and they held him. Like, that was intense. Dude. And
0: it was. That uh, that was like, like that sh- should have gotten the Grammy. Right. Or whatever, the Emmy. Because I was on a car ride from Sa- Sacramento driving down, and it was a two-parter. Because I think he came back the next week. And I had gotten both of them. I'd talk, I'd run into someone, they go, whoa, 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 whoa. You haven't heard the Kyle Seas podcast? And I was like, no. Motherfucker, that was an amazing podcast. Yeah. That was an amazing podcast. I
1: mean, like, defend yourself. You're yeah. kind of exploiting young comedians. Defend it. And it was like, it was it was it was like it was almost like good journalism. You know what I mean? Because it was like, that's a thing that that if you're not in the comedy community, you might not know. And a lot of us feel like I mean, I definitely feel like the comedy class thing is kind of nonsense. You got to just go on stage and do it.
0: Yeah. Um, I understand that there's some people that need that class structure to help, the, sure, like to get their foot in the door. Oh, now I can. Now that's how I can get on stage. Well, I get it, but I would never recommend to take a class. No, just write some jokes, get on stage. If
1: you don't have the balls to just write jokes and get on stage, then you shouldn't be a comedian. Yeah,
0: I agree with that a hundred percent. Like that man, that there was that period where Kyle came where Kyle was doing that and putting it, I think it was MySpace was around. Yeah. I remember Tom Scrooge was at my house having dinner, and he walked in, and he walked right over to my computer, and he's like, tell me you haven't seen this yet. And I go, what? And he goes, Kyle sees? And I went, no. And he went, you're going to love this. And then clicked the fucking trailer, at the, the you know, the class, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, this only gets better. Have you not read this letter from Doug Stanhope? And I was like, no. And he goes, "Oh, you're going to have to. Buy. He goes, I think I should probably just go home now. And I was like, Oh, my fucking God. That was like, God damn it.
1: You think about that. Like, I hosted a bunch of game shows. I could have made a killing teaching hosting classes, how to read teleprompter, how to bump out to commercial. I could have like how, how to, to, se- hold how the to
0: cu- sell a show. One of the one of the things that they don't ever tell you, but it really helps sell a show is you have one moment where you get up off the couch. You're like, hot damn it. That yeah. goes in a trailer. and It's like a little buzz moment. Yeah, there's so m- you're right. You could teach a class about hosting.
1: I could, I could have made a killing, but I would have hated myself. Yeah, I mean, you're
0: taking money for people that are, you know are just going to fail. Yeah, real people host. Just go out and host, right? Like, you know,
1: be- and so it was like, so uh,
0: yeah. Oh, I want to do it now. You just made me think of an idea. I want to do a documentary on me about, um, you know, how like people go. You do a documentary about a comic, but do a documentary about a host. Who just can't stop hosting, and I'm like going into Starbucks. I'm like, welcome to start. Like everything is a host read <laughs> with a ch- with a choice of three drip coffees. Thank you. I'm Bert Kreischer. I think I'll take the like. Just can't get out of his fucking way hosting. I I I have been taking general meetings with networks this past month, and uh, I think I'm I think. I am not selling myself as a host because I go, yeah, I don't do fucking reads. I go, hosting's changed. You look at the internet, yeah, it's what's what blows me away so much is like all these kids pretended they wanted to do something different on the internet and YouTube. They're just doing exactly what television shows were doing with these fake prank shows and fake prank, fake social experiments and so many shit. Casey Neistat is. I love Casey Neistat. He's one of my favorite. Guys to watch. Mm-hmm. Bummed that his vlog went away, but it was like such a ego driven fucking jack-off fest. Where you are like, good god, Casey, like go back to showing me how to organize an office. But like, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I. That's why I love podcasting because I, I don't like I. I get pissed off when someone gets into podcasting and they they don't understand the medium yet or respect it. Yeah. And like
1: we've had and we've dealt with this at the festival sometimes. It, sometimes it's like a big name celebrity who gets into it and they're not getting into it for the right reasons. They're not getting into it because it's like I need this freedom of, of expression. They're getting, they're getting it into
0: it because Norm Pattis brought him into it. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Or their or their. Yeah, their manager went, you need to podcast oh. and they don't understand. They don't respect it. We've oh. had some giant name people at L.A. Podfest and they had 14 people in the room. Yeah. No one, no one came to their show, and they, and they, they're technically a bigger star. Yeah. But then, then Jimmy Pardo, but Jimmy Pardo's room is packed.
0: What do you think about Anna Ferris's podcast? Have you listened to it? I have a little bit, and I think she's doing it the right way. But why? By d- putting out, putting everything, cutting everything in half, so she gets double the numbers and gets on to the <laughs> top of the charts. That's well, what she's doing. I, I fucking I figured it out. I, she, you, if you just say this one's thirty minutes and there's another one thirty minutes, they're going to download both. Right. They want to hear the whole fucking interview. And you get double the downloads, so you're on the top of the charts. That's smart. It's cheating. (laughs) Anna, someone tell Anna this. I love you, Anna. I think you're amazing. She married Chris Pine, didn't she? I've I've shit on the whole family today. I think you're fantastic, but put one episode up. I want to know how good you really are. (laughs) (laughs) I can't measure myself based on your fucking unqualified fucking standings.
1: Well, that, whatever. I mean, I, I I applaud anyone that's finding a way to jump their numbers up. Yeah. God I bless yeah, you. Yeah,
0: me too. I, I, what do you think about her podcast, though?
1: I think it's like, you know, she seems like she's doing it for the, the right reasons of some of that. St- like, her and her husband don't need yeah. ad read money from their podcast. So why do it? She's doing it because she wants to have that expression. She wants to have that outlet. And that I give you respect for. Because you know this. We all know this from... Traditional media is very structured. You have to be this. You have to be that. Traditional media, you know, they give you the TV show. They give you the part in the movie. They yeah. give you the money for the film, which means they can take it away. Yeah. We've all had shows canceled.
0: You know. Every one I've ever done. <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. And I've done over 300 episodes of TV. And yeah. nobody, you know, NBC's not canceling L.A. Podfest.
0: No one's canceling my podcast.
1: No one's canceling this. No one's coming here and shutting down the man cave. It ain't fucking happening. No earbuds. We 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 look. We did festivals, and we're you know we look for regular distribution. But we knew
0: it needs to be on Netflix.
1: It will be. Yeah, it will be. We knew eventually. We'll, if we don't get a good deal, we don't have to sign a shitty distribution deal. We can sell it on our own website. Which we've been doing, and yeah. then we knew we did the research. We can get it on iTunes and Amazon and Netflix, and we'll just roll it out like we were a big fucking studio. Yeah, and no one is no one is telling us how to do it, or or no one is getting in the way or preventing us or whatever. It's our movie, and we're selling it our way, and it's it's the greatest.
0: It's aggressive. It's the best feeling, you know. It's one of the things that I I connected with probably most in this was that. Um, Adam Carolla, I heard him reference, uh, this is my pirate ship. I get right. to do with it what I want. And it is it is being it's being Blackbeard and taking your pirate ship wherever you want to go in the open seas. You make your own fucking rules. Yeah. I, if I want to do these stupid, silly, character-driven reads at the point, I'll do it. If I want to write a song and make fun of Tom Segura, I'll put it on my podcast. If I have a weird interaction from stage, I'll pull it, put it on my podcast. This is my thing. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. And it's like, it's one of the things. Like, like my, my buddy uh, does the show Hot Ones. Ever seen it? Mm-mm. It's really great. Sean Evans, he's mm-hmm. my buddy through the show, obviously. But I'm a big fan of the show. I did it, and then someone, some uh, show in Australia stole his idea. Basically, you eat ten progressively hotter wings. The last one's fucking, uh, uh, and he asks you questions, and your mouth's on fire as you're trying to answer them. Right. So they really catch you off guard. Like you, you do end up saying stuff you didn't plan on saying. Right. Because like I don't know, man. I talk shit sometimes, and he's like, Oh, great. So. The show stole it, and I was like, "Fuck, I'll have, I'm going to call have Sean call in to my podcast and talk about this thievery and getting." I'm posting it today, and we're going to fucking. So I grab my Eleanor Kerrigan episode. I have Sean call. I post it immediately, and immediately it's taken down. All the fucking sites, this other show's taken down. They don't do it anymore. And you're like, "Fuck yes, rally yeah. the goddamn troops."
1: It's it's. I mean, look what look what you can do. You can do. I mean, you know, Mark Marin and Adam Carolla and some of those guys fought the trolling people. They yeah. fought them and they did essentially won. I mean, it sounds like it's still sort of in flux, but they basically beat those guys down. Did
0: you go? Did you go to the to the fucking superhero meeting at uh, Adam Carolla's house that night? No. Did you hear about it? Uh huh. Band went. And he told me about it. Basically, it was all the top podcasters in the country at Adam Carolla's house. To figure out how they were gonna fucking fight this patent troll. It's like Rogan, Marin, Corolla, just fucking everyone. I heard. Yeah, I that, like, when
1: Marin talked about it. We interviewed him for the, the, the doc and he said that. Like Hardwick, I think, was there too. Yeah. And,
0: and you're like, whoa shit, man, that's a lot of What are the top podcasts? I guess it's gonna be Corolla.
1: The top comedy ones. Oh
0: yeah, I don't look I don't listen to any other
1: ones. Because just so you know, the NPR shows are doing millions of downloads an episode.
0: Yes. However, uh, by the way, coolest moment of podcasting uh, ever, probably. Uh, I get an email from a, a, a woman who loves my listen to my podcast. Mm-hmm. Big fan of your podcast. Loves your book. Um, by the way, my husband's got a podcast. Called This American Life. <laughs> if you want to, I'd love to hang out this weekend, and, and maybe we, can we come to right. one of your shows? Hanging out in the green room in New York with Ira Glass and Anahid, and we're just bullshitting and talking about like it was fucking. And we're talking about podcasting, we're talking about numbers, we're talking about like advertising. I mean, and I'm like, holy shit, yeah.
1: those and, NPR shows are making crazy money.
0: Yeah, I wonder. I, yeah, those those. I mean, This American Life is possibly one of the greatest pieces of entertainment Mm -hmm. that is ever being published anywhere on a weekly basis.
1: It's what they're doing. And and great. You can say, Hey, they brought their NPR, you know, terrestrial radio audience to, to, okay, great. But now they've gotten this whole, and it's a whole, that's another separate world. Like the people that I think, obviously there's some people that listen to comedy podcasts that definitely listen to the NPR ones too, but the NPR world kind of has its own, its own like
0: freeconomics. Yeah, people. those show. It's a different
1: yeah. type of a.
0: That's my wife. Uh, w- w- the fucking what is the one? Was one about the murder? The fucking oh, Serial. Serial. That's the one that got my wife. Those so my wife listens to NPR, and they're like, "You should check out Serial." And then she started listening to Serial, and then she was like, "Marin's got a lot of the crossover." Yeah, Marin and NPR are the same group. I'd say Corolla. I don't think he shares fans with Joe. I don't think Joe mm-hmm. and Corolla have the same fan base. I think they're very different fan bases. I think, I think,
1: well, Corolla just brought over his radio people, a lot of them. And then he cultivated that because his radio show went off the air and he just said, okay, come over here and download it. And so he, he kept a lot of those people that he had sort of been cultivating from like the man show, then the radio and everything else like that. And I think it, you know, some of the Corolla... It's weird. Like, I was just on, you know, his wife and Stephanie Wilder-Taylor do that show for Crying Out Loud, which is a parenting show. There are two women that talk about having kids and parents and stuff like that. Corolla's wife? Yeah.
0: She is fucking beautiful. Yeah. It's, Dude. <laughs> fucking one of the things that makes me more angry than anything, I saw a picture of him and his family for, like, some going out to some Christmas party, and I was like his wife is fucking gorgeous. Like <laughs> gorgeous. Like I I didn't think I even told him that when I, I had him on my podcast and I was like, well, and, but I was like, your wife is really pretty. He was like, yeah, yeah. And he didn't, you know, <laughs> well, his wife's gorgeous, but you, you did her prime podcast. Yeah. I
1: did her and Stephanie Wild the for crying out loud. And you know, they're sort of, it's interesting because they're part of the Corolla network, but then their show is mostly listened to by women where I would say his fan base is primarily male. You know, but it's so interesting where the fan base has come from, how people find your show, what overlaps, what doesn't. It's really, you know, obviously we got a lot of fans because I I was a guest a lot on Doug Loves Movies.
0: I, you know, I wonder, I don't think I ever, like I do Doug Loves Movies a lot and I've probably had a couple of the more, I, I definitely have one of the most epic Doug Love movies ever where me and him got in that fight. And it was fucking insane. Thank God he put it behind a paywall. Because if it had gone out to everyone, my Twitter. When feed was it. this?
1: I don't even. When did this happen? Oh, you haven't heard about this? Uh-uh. Oh,
0: well, maybe I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> uh, we, we were in St. Louis, and uh, I came in off a flight, and I was definitely drunk, but I wasn't like drunk out of control, but I was just buzzed. Right. And I came in with 200 cheeseburgers, and I was like, I just bought 200 cheeseburgers, or 100 cheeseburgers, 200 cheeseburgers. And I walked in and I was like, I'm gonna bring him on the stage. It'll be my whatever. I don't know. And Doug was like, I don't want you doing it. And I didn't hear him say it at all. And so he brought me out and I walked out with the cheeseburgers. And he goes, I said I didn't want you doing this. And then he brought him in. And then I went back and got him back out. And then he and it went back and forth. And then and I, and then I fucking and then I got him again. And he he said, walked off stage, and he was like. I'm, I'm trying to be fair and balanced about this because I definitely I Shane Torres told me he's like you were a little out of control so Doug's like no and he just walks off stage and then I was like oh, I'm gonna go get him so I go to the green room and he's clearly upset like he's not it's not a joke and I'm like okay I fucked up he goes back on stage I'm like maybe I should just leave then I go or maybe I'll just walk through the showroom with my shirt off and so I walk through the showroom with my shirt off and Doug fucking loses it on me and it is, and it's very fucking real.
1: When did this happen?
0: This is uh, probably four months ago. Wow, five months ago. I've done, I've done Doug Loves movies since, uh, and Doug and I, Doug and I did a podcast on my on my podcast. We released a podcast the next day in my hotel room of us talking about whether or not we could still be friends. It's one of my more downloaded episodes because it's very real. Wow, it's it's there's no podcast to it. It's just the fucking out the surround mic and it's just me and him going like you and it was like it was really fucking intense it's a really intense episode because we're being very real and i i did not know what was making up the set he i didn't i explained to him what i like about doug loves movies and it's not the gameplay. i like to right. fuck around in the beginning and i go i don't even listen to the game doug like i turn it off at the game <laughs> and he was like he goes yeah but there are people that like the game. And I was like, yeah, I know. But when I'm on the show, like, I like the chaos. And he's like, some people hate the fucking chaos. And I was like, and it's great. But then he goes, I'm going to put it behind a paywall so that I, he goes, I don't want just people being able to download it anywhere. I mean, it, by the way, just get, I, I, if I, I'm not saying this to my fans. Don't, if you're my fan, don't fucking listen to it. You may hate me, but you would like, you would be fascinated by this episode.
1: Well, I, Yeah, I was on the road with a guy for a while, and so I have my own, uh, yeah, I've had my own arguments with him on and off stage, so part of me might, I don't know, part of me might be like, yeah, Bert, go for it. I don't know, like, (laughs) you know, so, yeah. I'm doing,
0: I I, I don't know when I'm releasing this. I might might release this tomorrow, but I'm going to see Doug again very soon and do it again i like doing double gloves movies it's
1: it's a blast you know i don't do it as much as i used to but so it makes it even more fun now when i do yeah. it because I, don't I like
0: doing it i like doing it i like when we do it on the road yeah like when i'm on the road and he's on the road and we meet up i like those those are, those are fun but um but yeah that I, those pot those are like i don't think i've ever pulled anyone from that group over to my podcast
1: it's a specific group you know it's it's interesting like you want to talk about crossover. This is an interesting thing. So like well, I was on the road with him for a long time and um, I didn't get the as big of a following as I thought I would because um, I'm not a stoner like I'm sober and so the stoners would think I was funny. They would yeah. left my set. Some of them would even buy my merch. We did. We did San Francisco together. Yes, we did San Francisco yeah. together. So, like when I opened for him as a stand-up and doing Douglas movies, so the stand, so his audiences were always filled with stoners and film people.
0: Wait, did we do DC together for Douglas movies one time?
1: No, we did. I we did another city. Yeah, I can't we, remember yeah, where. Okay. It wasn't DC? Maybe it was. I can't remember. We did well, somewhere you, together.
0: But you you were you were in you were in uh, super high me. And yeah, and um, the high road. Yeah, the high road. Yeah. Um, but there's a great example. So
1: I'm I co-star with him basically in the in the, you know he's the star and I'm the co-star of the high road. Yeah. And um, it it wasn't like because it's a stoner thing, I'm funny in it. I'm I mean I'm in a giant chunk of that movie. I didn't like I have eighteen thousand Twitter followers. You would think all those years of being on the road with Doug, I would have a hundred thousand. Like I look at like like the Rogan guys, all you guys, Ari and and oh, Coco, I
0: mean that's Brody. That's a very interesting statement. Uh, that is oh, I, what you're saying is really fascinating because there is a massive crossover when you when you are on Joe's podcast. Right, those guys go immediately and subscribe to your podcast.
1: It's interesting. So I didn't get those numbers. I think part of it was the Stoner, and then when I was on Doug Loves Movies, now. We did comedy film nerds did get a fair amount of his listeners because we're That would be that it's would be a, it's right perfect, up
0: their alley. It's perfect
1: crossover. Yeah. But like sometimes on Doug Love's movies it's sort of adversarial and now part of that is the performance of it like
0: Your your podcast should be immediately crossover ability because like I would imagine listening to this podcast that anyone's like, "Oh shit, I love movies. I want to fucking Right. this will be really fun hearing two guys break down what the movies they saw that weekend." Yeah, you would
1: think, but um, I noticed, too, with Doug's podcast is the only podcast where every time I do it, just about, not almost, not every time, but most, I would say 70% of the time, I'll get people that say, oh, I love having Graham Elwood on, and I'll always get a couple like, fuck you, I hate I ha- listening to you. Yeah, It's the only podcast where I've heard that. I, uh... Nowhere else do I hear that. It's a very it's a very peculiar thing.
0: It is really interesting.
1: I get some people who when I'm announced, they they cheer, they make you know, when I was on the road with them a lot, they put my name on the name tags, but then there were some people part of it is like I would do this whistling thing that made Doug mad and it would like pierce people's ears, so that would piss
0: people off. But like um and then if I would Doug Benson's is such an interesting fucking guy. It was so it was so <laughs> unique. And then when he started
1: doing when he started doing the uh yeah, and then part of it is, like, because I, cause I, you know, in, in following sort of watching the Rogan world, Rogan himself is a very, like, hey, support this guy. Go to his show on the road. Yeah. Like, Brody told me it helped with his ticket sales and all this stuff.
0: Doug, jo- part Joe's of— Joe's got an open-door policy with his friends. Like, like, when my special's coming out, Joe's like, of course. I mean, dude, one of the coolest, most heartwarming things ever— We do the End of the World podcast, which is probably one of the biggest things I've ever been attached to ever. Mm -hmm. Me, Bill Burr, Stan Hope and Rogan, and Fitzsimmons on stage. And the first words out of Joe's mouth when the show starts. Ladies and gentlemen, The Machine, his hour special airs this this Friday on Showtime, November 11th at 10 p.m. Make sure to check it out. The first words out of his mouth. And then we did a podcast the very next day. We did the End of the World podcast. We hung out all night. And he was like, let's do another one. We want to support this hour. When I first did his podcast, I remember as we were doing it, my phone would not stop buzzing, Mm -hmm. and I was getting followers. I got in the car from just doing his podcast, and and the live stream went out in the car. I had three thousand extra followers when I got to the car. When I got home, and they posted it that night. The next morning, I woke up and I was like, I was at ten thousand followers, and I was like, holy shit! Like, and it skyrocketed. I mean, I got to like, I want to say I got to like 50,000 followers on Twitter right after that.
1: Yeah. Like, so it's sort of like the part of Doug and I's banter on stage that was funny was we'd sort of, there's a lot of ball busting. Yeah. Um. But then sometimes that would translate to, up oh, here's, you know, he'd be like, time for the plugs. All right, Graham's always got a lot of crap to plug. And it was like, yeah <laughs> sometimes I was like. Uh, hey, guy that makes three times what I make, I need to fucking eat. You know, like (laughs) that makes three times what I make. You know, so that was a thing that was sort of. And then when he started doing the the getting Doug with High on YouTube, that brought in a very different audience, the YouTube audience. Um,
0: It's so funny because I really I and I've said this out loud a lot. Getting Doug with High is one of my favorite podcasts. One, it's a great video podcast, Mm -hmm. but I enjoy it more as a podcast. Like, <laughs> there have been times in there, because, like, it really is this thing of some people get too high, and they don't know what they're fucking saying anymore. And, like, I remember there was one comic, uh, I won't say his name, but he was talking about touring with another comic, and they were like, man, crazy shit must have happened with you guys. He's like, yeah, one time this girl went into, the, like, back of the bus, and she, she wanted to sleep with the one guy, but they sent me in, and I fucked her. <laughs> Doug's really? like, I think that's rape. She's <laughs> like, he's like no, no, no! It's not right. And it was like I was like, "Holy shit!" Oh, I could not Jesus. stop fucking laughing. I was like, "I think you're talking about sexually assaulting somebody." But like, that's what I love. I love. I loved getting Doug with high. I would never do it because of the girl, my daughters. Right. Well, I wouldn't do it for a long time because of Travel Channel. And uh, and now I I think you know I don't know maybe I'd do it. I don't but but that's an interesting group of podcast listeners. Like they're they're really like independent unique users
1: there and they're not doug loves movies fans right they're completely different thing doug loves
0: movies fans aren't just stoners i mean they yeah i think some of them are but
1: some of, of them are movie fans fuck yeah they're knowledgeable movie fans and they're a lot of them are really into the gameplay
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Like, they 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 uh. want they want it played right. They want they want contestants that are knowledgeable and smart and, like, get into it. They yeah. really, really want that. And I think that was part of it, too. So, like, there would be, like, this adversarial thing between me and Sam Levine. And so... And Doug played that up and was like, hashtag Team Sam or hashtag Team Graham. So then people would be like, fuck Elwood. You know? Yeah. So it was like a... It was a very unique thing. Like, I... I still do it every once in a while, and he's like, "Yeah, when earbuds is ready, come on," and that's cool. Uh, But it's a very there's no other show like that.
0: There's nothing. There's nothing. He, you know, he's he's carved a very unique path for himself. And it's
1: genius. The four twenty shows on Saturdays. 420. Now he's
0: gonna. He's got the High Courts coming out. uh, Is his new TV show? Oh, really? Central. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, But like, he's really carved a unique path for himself. That it like. Like I, and I've said this to him, I've, I'm sure if, if I hadn't haven't, that I'm doing it definitely now. But the only reason I started doing the call and stick to work shows was because he was doing these 420 shows and they were selling out. And I noticed that they were events. They weren't just like a stand-up show. It was a fucking event.
1: And dude, the thing that was so smart about it, like I was on the row with him from, from like 08 through f- 14 basically. And it was like... 20, 2009, 2010, around there, 10, he was like, I'm done doing full weeks at shows, because we would, super, uh, Jaime had just come out, so like, Thursday night and Sunday night at the clubs would be at the Stoners, but then Friday, Saturday, sometimes you just have regular comedy. I remember, like, a woman, like, in Grand Rapids was came out and complained to the manager that this this guy's talking about drugs too much, you know, like, and he was like, I don't want to battle these people that don't know who I am and get offended at pot jokes. The
0: girl said that he was like, I'm tired of fucking performing for people who don't know me. I know he was like it. He's like it. You should know me. I don't think he said that in that so many words, but he stopped doing weekends and, and was like, I'm just going to do one nighters and just have my fans come out. And I told him, I thought that was short-sighted. Cause I, th- I said, I think when you, the, the benefit of doing the weekend at the club is you, you, Get fans. That's how you yeah. get people to see you do your thing. And he was like, "I don't see that benefit." He was like, "I say you get fans by putting out specials and doing a good podcast." Segura and I—that you want to talk about—really interesting crossover. We don't have a lot of the same fans the way you'd think we would. Mm-hmm. Like all my fans, everyone that listens to my pod- my podcast. Loves when he's on my podcast. But when he started doing the, the when we started doing the fat shaming contest between the two of us. we were both stunned by how many people did not know we were friends. Like, wow. And yeah, and we're probably, he's probably my closest friend, but people just didn't know, like he had a group of podcast listeners that did not know Burt Kreischer. Well,
1: that's a great, that's so, it's so funny because you can, think you, have an idea, but like, I don't know how many times I would go, Either open up for Doug on the Road or do Doug Love's movies and people I'm gonna do a show with him in just the end of this month down in San Diego. I guarantee you, I we'd go to these cities and people would come up to me and go, Wow, I didn't know what you looked like. They'd listen to me on his show a million times. I never
0: once thought to like get your special nope. or
1: never like, Google it, never never add up. me, never follow me, and I'd be like, I go, you know, if you just type in comedian Graham. You're going to probably find, you know, there's not, you know,
0: I'm I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, I'm when I'm with Doug again, I'm, you got to get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll wrap this up, but like I, my podcast. Okay. The only two things I'm going to ask you left is, uh, I was going to say, do you find your, do you find podcasting numbers have increased in the last, say, uh, say year? Um,
1: on, i got to send this text real quick because sure. I'm doing another show. Hold on. Oh, sorry. sorry no,
0: I That's okay. I have been fucking more attention. Uh, it's my fault. I I end up getting into these conversations yeah, and I they keep like, fucking – awesome. keep rambling. Um, my podcast numbers have increased astronomically in the last year. Like, And I feel like – and I was just talking to Rogan about it. I think more people are coming to the medium and more people are finding podcasts. I also think that the Tom – and his fat and bird is fat war that went on. I think that was ultimately good for me because I think I, I had a lot of people this weekend going. I didn't even know who you were until I heard Segura making fun of you, and then I've heard and then I'm now a fan. And You're like,
1: I think I think I think it's a good point. I think more people in general. So five six years ago, there was some statistic that something like 70, 80 percent of the population didn't even know what a podcast was. Mm-hmm. I think that number is coming down because you have things like Serial got mainstream media attention. Obama on WTF got mainstream media yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think more people even know what it is. Now, taking earbuds to all these film festivals at every and I did Romania, I did Napa Valley, I did yeah. all these festivals. At every screening, there were people who knew nothing about it and just saw a podcast documentary in the program and were like, "What is this? How do I get involved?" And you know, I'd always say, pull out your iPhone. You have an app, and they'd be like, "No, so fucking easy." And they'd be like, "No," I'd be like, "Yeah, you do. It's purple. Press it." (laughs) (laughs) Hey
0: guys, you just signed up for podcasts. Yeah, there you go. Sign up for
1: Comedy Film Nerds. Subscribe. You got it.
0: I've done that to so many people. Wait, I don't get this podcast. Go subscribe. Uh, There you go. I just lined up to five. Start listening.
1: Oh really? Yeah, it'll be on your phone.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I can. When when do they when do they premiere? They don't. (laughs) They just come out. (laughs) Fucking idiot.
1: What channel? There's
0: not just fucking. It's on your goddamn phone. Can I get it in my car? Uh, can you hook up your fucking phone to your car? Cause yeah, yeah, fuck yeah.
1: Do you listen to music off your phone? Well, of course. Same thing, friend. God damn it. <laughs> so, but no. The thing I've noticed though is, and yes, comedy film nerds numbers have gone up in the last year. I think we've we've done some stuff like we started buying Twitter followers, not the fake bots, but like the Twitter advertising. Like if you like Kevin Smith listen to comedy film nerds and, and stuff oh, like that. Smart. We noticed we, cause we, we noticed a, a a fall off a little bit in our numbers like a year or so ago. Oh, really? We were like, what the fuck? I want to buy followers. It's you go through Twitter. Cause you don't want to buy fake followers. You want to get engaged fans. So what you do with Twitter is you go in and, and you say, who should like this? So we, you pick about 10 or 12 accounts. So we were like Kevin Smith, Chris Hardwick, um, amc movies you know what i mean warner yeah. brothers you know yeah. like and so if you follow Martin the
0: skrillex scorsese no 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 it was the guy that bought the aids medication and made it 700 dollars a pill <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> but just, yeah subscribe to that guy it's <laughs> great like,
1: like a fake burt reynolds Donald account trump yeah. i'm just
0: gonna buy all the wrong ones just to get the I'm looking worst for people all the fucking i'm looking for all the toxic twitter users yeah the worst people i'm looking for trolls <laughs> <laughs> i just want trolls all my followers are trolls so
1: yeah you go through that anyway but like yeah and we, and we noticed to our show we put the title of it, when we talk about a big movie we get more listeners uh, so if we talk you know like if because we'll just say episode 325 you know uh Civil, you know Captain America or whatever but if we do like an indie film it gets less so yeah it's, I think it's gone up I think more people are
0: into it I What? Think... Uh, what, what ep- last question and we'll plug some dates what episode uh, would you suggest people to go to and listen to as their introductory episode
1: you know I would listen to one of the more I mean there's you know what I would tell the listener go to our catalog and find a movie that you really liked or something. Arrival. Yeah.
0: I'm going to listen to that one.
1: Go do that. Go, that's what I would say. Go through our catalog and say, oh, this movie. I want to hear you guys talk about that. Or if there's a guest you really enjoy.
0: Zootopia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the reverend. Suicide Squad. I'll listen to that one. Yeah. i am download that one. All right. Um, And then uh, what? where can people watch a movie? So
1: Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, is currently exclusively available at comedyfilmnerds.com. We sell standard def and high def downloads and also you can download a uh, bonus features it's about an hour extra content dvds we're pre-selling those will be done in the next couple weeks it's taking us a little longer and then it'll be on itunes and all that stuff in a couple of months but if you want to get it now and you can see bert talking mad knowledge about
0: one of my favorite lines in that is like uh, i said something like oh yeah I've talked a lot of shit about people. Oh yeah, and you I can't
1: talk much- shit about anybody more and then you hear Red go, ah, you hear his laugh. <laughs> it's fucking I love that how that whole came together. You just walked in and we had the camera rolling and you just started talking and it made it into the movie. I fucking love the whole thing. Uh,
0: I fucking Paul of Tompkins and I still won't speak because of that. That's so fucking, great. Guys with feelings and fucking How, how long ago was that I fucking know. podcast? Oh well thank you for doing this man Dude. congrats on the movie it's thank fucking you. fantastic please send me the uh, password again because I want to watch the end of it for sure um, and uh, and I can't wait to listen I got a flight Wednesday morning so I'll be listening to uh, to uh, which one did I just download? All right. yeah comedyfilmers.com yeah, you can I've get
1: the podcast Robert. there you can get the film follow us on Twitter at comedyfilmers I'm at Graham Elwood
0: right.
1: and we'll have you on comedyfilmers please please